Any tariffs or quota that would be imposed on our Canadian steel and industry would be unacceptable. Any such decision would have an impact on both sides of the borders, and Canadians rest assured that we will always be there to defend our workers and our steel and industry across this country, and we will stand firm for Canadian workers. That's Francois-Philippe Champagne. Frankie Bubbles, our international trade minister, is he talking about the latest tariffs from India? No, he's talking about prospective tariffs from the United States that could come next week, which would be bad for our economy, 25% on steel, 10% on aluminum, but we don't know if Canada's in or out of that. But what we do know is that the tariff on chickpeas to India from Canada went from 40% to 60% effective today. Huh, was it 40%, went up to 60 Was there a change in the agricultural issue or maybe a change in our diplomatic stance with India? I'm not sure. I want to bring in Jerry Ritz, uh, now retired, recovering politician. He's in a 12-step program to get out of politics. But, Jerry, for a long time, uh, how many years were you agriculture minister uh, under Stephen Harper? A little over eight. A little Uh, over eight eight years. Eight years, yeah. Yeah. So you've dealt with these, and we've talked about these agricultural irritants in the past when Justin Trudeau was going to China, and you were fair to him. I want everyone to realize that. You're you're conservative, but you understand that it's not partisan when it gets international, necessarily. Uh, And you were fair to him on how he was handling the canola issue. Now we've got this irritant, though, and, and I look at it happening today, a week after they started peddling this conspiracy theory, and I think that there's got to be a connection. Well, there are ramifications when you act like a doofus in, in another country, and then you start blaming them when things don't go right. Uh, we, you know, it's a relatively small market when it comes to chickpeas. It's 10,000 tons, which is worth about $14 million. But the bigger question is the fumigation issue on the other peas and lentils and so on that go into India, and that's a billion and a half dollar project. So, you know, there was some scuttlebutt coming out that uh, Trudeau was saying that they had an agreement that by the end of 2018, but then this happens, and you start to think, okay, are we actually really going to see some movement on that fumigation issue? It's it's a long, you know, we, we've suffered long under under those rules and regulations from India calling us to, to fumigate for products or for, for pests and so on that we don't actually have. But, you know, the customer is right. You do what you need to do. But at the end of the day, if they keep moving the yardstick or changing the rules, it's going to start to interfere with what our farmers call their planting decisions. You know, the acres they subscribe to, peas, lentils, chickpeas, will change. That puts more pressure on canola, drives the price down because there's more of that produced. But the other point to make is what happens to our chickpeas that go to other markets? Because now we're going to have Australians starting to compete with us. We're going to have other producers of chickpeas going into those markets, too, because of this Indian uh, uh, Let me ask you about the the economics of this, because a lot of people sitting in cities don't realize how big agriculture is and how the decisions of governments can affect what you call the planting decisions. And I, I've talked about this on air. My, my brother-in-law's family is down in southwestern Ontario. Yep. They've been known for the longest time now as the broccoli kings. That's what they do. Okay. But because of the changes brought into labor laws, minimum wage, and other changes by Kathleen Wynne, he's looking at stripping it out and planting chickpeas and lentils. Well, maybe he's not thinking about that now after Probably these decisions. Yep. He might go into soybeans or something else. But yep. all of these decisions have ramifications. But how big is the well, agricultural side when it comes to Exports. You said half billion dollar decision. That's more than all the trade that Justin Trudeau was able to wrangle up for Canada while he was there. 
Well, he he's got two hundred fifty million dollars going from us to them, and or them to us. We're going to them to us, and we're going to spend five hundred million going the other way. So it's it's a trade deficit, and that's okay in a short term. But in the long term, you want to make sure you've got some balance. You want to make sure that you're getting your your money's worth in these trade agreements. Um, we're we're seeing some real problems with them trying to renegotiate NAFTA. You know, they they were able to finalize CETA and TPP because they were signed in principle. The deal was done. The Liberals have never been master negotiators. They they did one or two trade deals in all the years that they've governed. We did almost 40 when you count the European states um, in, in our short tenure in government of, of, of 10 years. Um, we know how to do it. And, and the, the the point is they've got great people doing the trade negotiations like Steve Rahul and and others, but they, they need a mandate. They need ministers that understand trade that, that, that keep them moving. Um, you know, these things aren't done in a vacuum. These are self-inflicted wounds. We've got problems with China now because of the fiasco that happened over there. We've got problems in Italy with, with Durham access. We've got problems in the U.S. for access of all of our goods. We rely on them for uh, processing. You, you mentioned Durham, and um, a lot of people don't realize that when they're buying high-end Italian pasta, they're buying Canadian Durham wheat that has been sold to Italians and turned into pasta and sold back to us. Absolutely. And, and you know, we, we 50% of the pork we import from the U.S. is Canadian. It's gone down. They've been processed and brought back. <laughs> what? The, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we eat certain cuts of the pork and, and we export the rest of it, but the bulk of it goes into the U.S. and is processed and, and uh, turns around and comes back to us. So, you know, it, it's our own product coming back because we just don't have the processing capacity here to do it. So that's why these trade agreements and these integrated networks are so important. Uh, livestock, pork, grain industry, a lot of the farming sector itself, you know, it's a North American integrated marketplace, including Mexico as well. So NAFTA is that much more important to keep those flows going. You know, and you get 15 minutes outside of the the Parliament Hill area, and you're into farmland, and you know that. Really. You, you spent a long time, and you, you didn't live here full-time, but you spent enough time to know that eastern Ontario, the Ottawa Valley, western Quebec, an awful lot of farmers, and they've got to be worried about all of these trade deals. I mean, just well, there, you mentioned problems with sure. NAFTA, China, yeah. India, Italy. Japan. Japan. Now, yeah. Okay. Agri- agriculture is the third largest contributor to our GDP. And it's the largest processing sector. It's not. It's not the auto sector. It's not, nothing like. It's agriculture. Now we're we're blowing them off. I, I just saw three or four more companies leaving Ontario. The price to power, the carbon tax, and you just pile on. You know, the minimum wage. All these different things get piled on. Business can't operate when they're competing against countries that don't have those added on costs. So they move. They disappear, and and we've lost them then. You know, I, I think of Maple Leaf and when uh, the McCain family went in and took over Maple Leaf in southern Ontario, and I've got family that work at the Maple Leaf plant in Burlington, um, they they did a lot of cost-cutting, it, and it hurt, but it had been a, an older, established business that wasn't running efficiently. They changed it. Well, they laid off a lot of people, but they're still paying good wages uh, for the jobs that are there in the processing, as you say. And, and buying and, the product. And I can I can look at them, uh, I can imagine them looking and saying, hey, our name may, might be Maple Leaf, but maybe we can set up on the other side of the Great Lakes and process and establish a plant there. Well, we, we, you know, we see that happen. These are all global commodities. And, you know, Canada have got some of the most industrious, efficient farmers and processing sectors in the world, but they have to have government 
uh, working with them, you know, regulatory regimes, taxation regimes, all these different so, costs that are added on uh, start to affect our efficiency and our effectiveness to maintain those jobs here. Speaking with Jerry Ritz, he is a retired MP, longtime agriculture minister, and uh, and I believe retired farmer as well, correct? You're, yes. Okay, yeah, you, you're fully retired. Enjoy that. Uh, well, you know, there's always things to do. Let me ask you, though. To get back to the original discussion of Justin Trudeau blaming a conspiracy theory in India for his bad decisions and and bad experience while he was there, Uh, do elements like that have real-life trade implications? Do you see a a correlation between what happened, what started to happen last week, the full-on, full-throated defense of that in the House of Commons this week, and what the Indian government decided to do this morning? Absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind at all that we're going to see these pushbacks. Uh, I've, I've been involved with, you know, let, let's step back one more, the, the trip to China, which was anything but productive. And I was involved with two or three other Chinese companies that were very close to making deals, partnerships, investments in Canada. They've now pulled back because they're not sure where this government's going to go and where it's going to land at the end of the day. So th- those, are, those are harmful. Those are hurtful. Uh, it, it takes years to gain that back. They're now looking at Australia. And once they start putting those billions of dollars in investment into Australia, then they're not available to Canada. So now we're competing against Australia with Chinese backing into the Chinese market. Guess who's going to win? So yeah. there's huge ramifications to these things. But at least we have a gender-focused budget that... Yeah. You know, men and women will be poorer, but uh, it, you know it, it'll be together. All the women in my life are laughing at that, Brian. Uh, they they don't need government telling them how important they are. They get that. They understand that. Uh, they realize that this is an economy where everyone has equality of opportunity. But what the government's trying to do, the liberal government's trying to do, is come up with this equality of outcome, which can't be done. All right, Jerry Ritz. Thanks so much for the time tonight. Anytime, Brian.